0: Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us please stand and affirm with a proclamation of the faith of our heart the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Beloved Church of God, let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful for the opportunity. To be found in this place and allow us to be lifted up to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us may in this service be cursed as before all the works of devil illnesses poverty premature death demonic dependencies all forms of fears depression destruction covetousness selfishness all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people And stand now, Lord, on the place of your holy rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Akkadia into your divine hands, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand, almighty god father son and holy spirit amen may you be blessed please be seated ephesians chapter 4 verses 22 through 24 that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God into righteousness and holiness.
1: And as always,
0: we will turn to the labors of our pastor. We will turn to the word of God that the Holy Spirit has explained to us through him, and we will be reminded of it together. This is the pleasing time which I tell myself and remind when we look into the Word of God, it comforts us, it edifies us, heals us, feeds our spirit, and is uncovered for us all again and again. Therefore, we today will dwell in these words, remember them, and today we will be reminded about prayer. Only through prayer we can have communication. And this prayer piece, the Lord has allowed, it, allowed us to know and to be partakers of partakers of this eternal communion, which we learn of. And we today, I think, will, hope we'll have enough time to look at two components of the warrior prayer, or what our prayer is called to be. It is called to be a perseverant and a diligent prayer and we will see the importance of them. And I believe that we will rejoice that these principles are already found in us. And if we see something and the Lord will show us, then we will fix ourselves or be edified and affirmed. This will be as an instruction and edification for us. Pastor Arkadya had called this sermon the right to set aside our former way of life to be clothed in a new way of life. For the fulfillment of this commandment, There are three basic commands and verbs. This is to set aside, renew, and clothe. And with regard to clothing ourselves into the new man, we need God's help in the subject of His mercy, which is the unique power of God yielding His essence. So if you remember, we can see the goal, but we can't achieve it ourselves. We need help. And we, for some time now, and the Holy Spirit is teaching us that we need to turn to God for help. And the means for accepting every kind of help expressed in the inheritance of the mercies of God is prayer or worship. If we won't know how to worship, then we can't accept the help of the loving Father. He has given birth to us and He wants to grow us. Prayer is the right that a person gives to heaven to interfere in the sphere of earth and we are called to give God the right only on his established conditions one of David's prayers written in the hundred and forty-third Psalms uncovers the conditions on the basis of which a person can give God the right to interfere in his life with the mercy of God and it was also us as warriors of prayer we were called to give fulfilled these conditions psalm 143 verses 1 through 12 o lord give ear to my supplications in your faithfulness answer me and in your righteousness do not enter into judgment with your servant for in your sight no one living is righteous for the enemy has persecuted my soul he has crushed my life to the ground he has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of the old. and meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For I lift up my soul to you deliver me O Lord from my enemies and you I take shelter teach me to do your will for you are my God your spirit is good lead me in the land of a brightness revive me O Lord for your name's sake for your righteousness sake bring my soul out of trouble in your mercy cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul for I am your servant And so, to be heard by God, it was necessary for David to present God a foundation or a right that could serve for God as proof that he could interfere in David's life with his mercy and truth. And from David's perspective, this kind of proof in this prayer contained 10 different arguments that David brought to God, saying, Hear me, because of your righteousness and truth. Hear me, because I remember the days of the old and all your works hear me because i spread out my hands to you hear me because i trust in you hear me because i lift my soul up to you hear me for i run to you it's very important that when something happens in our life to immediately run to the word of god to the lord and to trust in the word of god because in that moment our soul might tremble stumble or there might be some thoughts that come up but we ought to run to the word of god to learn what it says and to fulfill it. Furthermore, it says, Hear me, because you are my God, hear me for your name, hear me for your mercy, and hear me because I am your servant. To keep in our heart a remembrance of the days of the old and all the works of the Lord in these days, this means to keep in your heart truth and righteousness that testify before God the result of the great work of redemption, which gives God the opportunity to demonstrate His manifold mercies in our heart. And so by keeping in our heart a remembrance of God's works done by Him in the days of the old, we erase from our memory the deeds of people and information that was passed down from the vain life of our forefathers. Very important thought here, to keep in our heart a remembrance of God's works made by Him in the days of the old, In doing so, we blot out the memory of deeds of people and information that was passed down from the sinful life of our forefathers. Information won't leave itself. When we fill ourselves with God's information, meditate upon the works of God, then the other contrary information is blotted out, which we inherited from our forefathers. What purpose in the relationship between God and His redeemed child is the remembrance of God's works in the days of the old called to fulfill and sealed on the tablets of our heart. One of these is the breastplate of judgment that contains the mystery of the and Durim through which God could hear man and man could hear God. The purpose of the remembrance of God's works in our heart is called to be the breastplate of judgment that contained the mystery of the and Durim through which God could hear man and man could hear God. The breastplate of judgment as a subject of a continual memorial before God is the format of a continual prayer, which we again will be reminded of today. Prayer that does not coincide with the conditions and characteristics of a breastplate of judgment does not have any right to be called a prayer, because only the format of a continual prayer, presented in the breastplate of judgment of the high priest, gives us the right to enter the sanctuary as kings and priests of God. We are called to represent the interests of God's judgment per those commandments and statutes that are yielded by the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, and two precious stones and the names of the twelve sons of Israel written on these stones. Twelve precious stones and the names of the twelve sons of Israel written on these stones. It's important and we've already been told that only kings and peace were able to call upon God to enter into the temple and to serve God. We all are different, but in time, when we dwell in the Word of the Lord, in the preached Word, our thoughts become the same, our goals become the same, our characters become the same, in the sense that the Lord leaves our uniqueness and individuality, yet we become kings and priests. We understand the same, we have one Father, we have one goal, we are taught one path, we have one Father who uncovers the truth in the word of God for us. You see how much God does with us and we become that living organism of that body of Christ. And this has been uncovered for us. Colossians two. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Consistence in prayer is vigilant at the doors of our heart, which is called to free us from future disasters. And this kind of vigilance divines the state of our heart. So, if there is no continual prayer or no understanding of what continual prayer is, there will be different trials that come in the life of a person and he won't be protected from them. A warrior prayer that has consistence in prayer, he is going to be vigilant over his heart. He is not going to allow himself or his heart to incline to the left or to the right. He will follow along the course that the Lord will give through the preached word, through the teaching, and he is going to clearly understand this. And this kind of vigilance is divined by a burning lamp that defines the state of our heart. Proverbs 13, 19. The light of the righteous shines brightly, the lamp of the wicked dims out. The pastor reminds us, if you listen to the original, he says, the wicked, only a person that was once Christian, whose lamp burned, and then he began to resist the order of God, the messenger of God, and he begins to distort the word, he turns into a wicked. The image of the breastplate of judgment finds its expression in the conscience of a person that is cleansed from dead works, on the tablets of which, as well as a seal, is the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. A conscience that is cleansed from dead works. With a seal on the tablets of truth and righteousness will yield the nature of true worshippers, who will give God the right to act in them and through them on planet earth. In the place of scripture, Exodus 28, verses 17 through 21, and you shall put settings of stones in it, four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardius, a topaz, and an emerald. This shall be the first row. Second row, carbuncle, sapphire, and a diamond third row, a jacinth, and a gate, and an amethyst, and the fourth row, a chrysolite, and onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold settings, and the stones shall have the names of the sons of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, each one with its own name. They shall be according to the twelve tribes. The twelve golden settings of the breastplate of judgment is the image of the judgment of God and the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, written on the tablets of our heart which we as worshippers of God are called to represent in our continual prayer. So if before the teaching we were different, our characters were different, some were more humble, some were not as... uh, some were courageous, some not as courageous, then when we become perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, we become as lions. Because we are going to need to judge, we are going to need to proclaim judgments to ourselves and to those around we again become one the same similar as christ and the 12 precious stones with the engravings of markings the 12 names of the sons of israel is an image of our continual prayer that represent the perfect judgments of god continual prayer is an unceasing prayer that finds its expression in trust in god and this kind of trust on the tablets of our heart is presented in the 12 precious stones of the breastplate of judgment with the engravings of the 12 names of the sons of jacob and if you remember there was a beautiful thought how we are tied to jacob and a of prayer is tied to jacob because the names of the sons of jacob are on these stones they were engraved on these stones hebrews 10:35. Therefore, do not lay aside your hope, which has great reward. The breastplate of judgment and the twelve precious stones contains the same order in makeup as the twelve walls of the New Jerusalem and the twelve pearly gates, but with different functions and different purposes. This is the means for achieving the goal set for us by God, which is called continual prayer. The breastplate of judgment is the means. Continual prayer is the means. The makeup of the twelve precious foundations of the walls of the New Jerusalem contain the strategy of the twelve teachings of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, thanks to which we are called to build ourselves into an image of perfection that is inherent to God. And this is our goal, to become perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Fulfillment of this goal gives us the right to eat of the fruits of the tree of life, bringing its fruit twelve times, bringing fruit each month. The makeup of the twelve pearly gates of the New Jerusalem contain the strategy of being in trials with Christ that are the keys to entering the kingdom of heaven, which is the tree of life bringing fruit twelve times, that is, bringing fruit each month. And this is the price to, for the right to eat the fruits of the tree of life. So the twelve pearly gates or sufferings with Christ, trials with Christ, enduring trials with Christ is the price for the right to eat of the fruit of the tree of life or to be clothed in the fruit of the tree of life, which is the fruit of resurrection or the fruit of righteousness. The makeup of the tree of life, bringing its fruit 12 times in every month of the year, contains a strategy of being clothed into the new man who has been created by God in righteousness and holiness of truth. And this is the result or reward of eternal life for enduring trials with Christ presented in 12 pearly gates. And so we today will look at the sixth quality of a worshipper on the breastplate of judgment of our heart through which God could receive the opportunity to continually manifest himself on planet earth, expressed in the virtue of the precious diamond stone. And the sixth name on the second row from the bottom that was engraved on the precious stone of the breastplate of judgment on the tablets of our heart was the name of the sixth son of Jacob, Naphtali, meaning wrestler. We already, we've already memorized this. Genesis 37-8, through 8, and Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With great wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed. So she called his name Naphtali. The meaning of the name Naphtali, wrestler, engraved on the precious diamond stone, is a weapon with which we are called to withstand and fight our enemies. It is a constant prayer in the power of the Holy Spirit, or in the power of the Holy Spirit, the answers to the conditions of the precious diamond stone cut in a diamond cut this is a weapon and we are called to use this weapon and from this we again and again repeat prayer to remember what are the properties principles that are contained in prayer which the lord has entrusted to us to this prayer piece which he has allowed us to go to to be in this fellowship with him to define and build a system that will help us grasp the nature of a continual prayer and signs that will yield a warrior of prayer that could be founded on concrete commandments of god then according to revelations from scripture our prayer in the quality of warriors of prayer yielded by the virtues of a diamond are supposed to be if you ask a Christian person, what your, what is how is your prayer called to be? Many believers won't be able to answer how we are taught, how the Holy Spirit uncovered it for us, what riches he has placed in this and through our pastor and uncovered in Scripture, how our prayer ought to be. They will say it is called to be true or it's called to be hot. Others say aloud, But, we have the properties already through which we can continually be affirmed in this. Fix if something is not right. Take our words back and pray exactly because these properties give us the guarantee that God will immediately answer this prayer. Without at least one of these components, God doesn't hear any of these prayers. Can you imagine? But this has already been uncovered for us and we are already affirmed. And we will remember all of them, all ten, all ten properties. Today we will look at two of them. First, our prayer is called to be continual, or consistent, unceasing. Second, perseverant, third, diligent, with boldness, reverential, with faith or trust in God with thanksgiving, with joy in the fear of the Lord and in the Holy Spirit or by prayer and tongues. Perseverance in prayer. Second, chronicles. Chapter 15, verse 15. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought Him perseveringly with all their soul. And He was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest all around. They sought Him with perseverance, and He was found by them. This is a guarantee. If we have perseverance presence, if we understand what it is, and if we offer it in our prayer, we demonstrate our perseverance to God, He hears us. Perseverance is strong desire or strong thirst to find God and to know God. Again, perseverance is a strong desire, so in prayer we must have the strong desire, strong thirst to find God and to know God. And when God gives rest in response to this perseverance, then this rest means uh, to accept the Holy Spirit as Lord and ruler of our life, John 7, 37-39. The last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. As soon as prayer loses the element of perseverance, so the strong desire, strong thirst and desire to find and to know God, in which a person searches to know the will of God, the Holy Spirit leaves this person. Because of this, man loses his virtue as a warrior prayer. How is this lost? When a person begins to concentrate on what he needs, what his lack is, and he asks this of God, but we are taught that we are kings and priests. We can't bring it to him and say, I ask for this or give me this, I need that. No, we come, we place ourselves with thanksgiving and we bring the will of God, the judgments of God, in prayer. And in Christ all of our prayers are answered. The etymology of the word "perseverant" and the ammunition of a warrior prayer defines the quality of his prayer and contains the following meaning. Perseverance is good will to fulfill the will of God, favor to the desires of God, attraction to the fulfillment of God's commands, position of our heart in the fulfillment of God's commands, desire of good that comes from the good will of man, a mindful and voluntary dependence on fulfilling the will of God, the joy that is received from fulfilling the will of God, obedience or agreement to the will of God, our care for the fulfillment of the will of God, and favorable perception of the will of God. This is what perseverance means. Perseverance in prayer is tied to the voluntary and desired decision of man in his prayer to give God the right to bring to fulfillment his will in the life of a warrior of prayer. And now, in the context of of this meeting, we will look at in what cases in scripture is perseverance seen in prayer. We remember this and we will repeat it. A perseverant prayer is seen by God as a sacrifice that is brought by a prince with perseverance, that is equal to the sacrifice of the seventh day, in which man searches for God's favor and the revelation of His paths. Ezekiel chapter 46, verse 12. Now, when the prince makes a perseverant burnt offering or a voluntary peace offering to the Lord, the gate that faces toward the east shall then be opened for him he shall prepare his burnt offering and his peace offerings, as he did on the Sabbath day. Then he shall go out, and after he goes out, the gate shall be shut. When we have perseverance, we are the Sabbath of the Lord. We are God's rest. God finds rest in man who, in perseverance, searches for him. Because our rational capabilities, our prince already renewed by the spirit of our mind, is like... Uh, the grandson of Saul, who is lame, he looks at David. He doesn't oppose him, doesn't challenge him. He looks at him with reverence, desiring to fulfill uh, his desires. David says that you are going to sit at my table. The people could pray when the gates of the temple were opened. And therefore, when the people saw that the prince was headed towards the temple to bring a the sacrifice, they ran after him, that they can also worship because the gates are going to be open. What does this mean for us? That our whole body is in use in prayer when our body is used to this, and when our prince begins to pray, all of our body is all of our body is enabled in this prayer because this is the opportunity to be healed to be saved to be adopted the body is enabled without our mind the gates of the temple will not be opened it is important to to keep our prince uh, because it says for as he thinks in his heart so is he when a person ponders upon what is earthly but talks about what is heavenly this is not correct when somebody thinks of things above and speaks of things above, this is as one command. It's important that when we are sitting in the congregation of saints for the prince to be present because the gates are going to be opened. Exodus thirty-three, thirteen, seventeen. 17. Now therefore, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. What is this path which Moses wanted to know? The path of the commandments and statutes of the Lord. He had a desire to know God. He knew God, but he wanted to know him fully, to know him again, because God is always uncovered and revealed, and for all of eternity he will be revealed to us and uncovered. Only fulfilling these commandments and statutes, I will be able to know you. And pastor says that when the Lord turns to a person, he says, tell me your name. And if a person doesn't know what his name is or what the Lord wants in response, then he will be lost. Perseverance is our name. Our first words must be perseverance, and then God turns to us, to our prayer. There is no uh, perseverance. He doesn't answer these prayers. Second, to persevere in prayer is seen by Scripture as obeying the voice of the Lord in the face of His messengers, in which a person binds himself to the Holy Spirit or makes himself voluntarily dependent on the Holy Spirit. And we already know that when we have found a person who is clothed in the fatherhood of God, to whom Scripture is uncovered, and who preaches the word, which are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we incline our ear, we bind ourselves to the Holy Spirit. This is binding ourselves to the Holy Spirit. He will tend to us through the preached word. We will know it. We will sow this word, and only then we will proclaim it. And Pastor mentions a place of scripture that shows this. uh, our bind to this person, because we are called to hear the voice. Where will we hear this voice from? If we begin to listen to our own voice, this is not good. We don't need to listen to our voice, we need to listen to the preached word in such a way that then in our thoughts we hear the thoughts of pastor. What does pastor say about this? How did he uncover this place of scripture? How do we understand this truth and how do we hear his voice? Then we are led by the Holy Spirit. I remembered before the teaching, when I considered myself a believer, when we were talking about the Holy Spirit, I always saw... Uh, thought of a cloud over my head something supernatural that it was a cloud over my head something mystical the word of god that is uncovered for us if we don't listen to it then uh we will not be led by the holy spirit Zechariah six fifteen. even those from afar shall come and build the temple of the lord then you shall know that the lord of hosts has sent me to you and this shall come to pass if you perseverantly obey the voice of the lord your god again see to listen to the voice. God will speak to us through the preached word. He is going to continue to speak to us. Jeremiah 27, O Lord, you induced me and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I and have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. This place of scripture shows us that as soon as we are dedicated, when we accept the anointed one of the Lord in our life, when we begin to proclaim the truth, we immediately will be in such a position that we will be mocked. Immediately. Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And John ten twenty seven, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Third, a perseverant prayer, without a perseverant offering to God, clothed in the form of tithes, this is a forgery of perseverance. Again, if you ask a Christian person, uh, if you ask those surrounding us what tithes are, they will. Uh, few will be able to respond to this even or even understand what truth is and the beauty that we have an understanding that we have the honor of serving God with tithes and offerings and to understand how to offer them where to offer them and why to offer them exodus 25 1 through 2 then the Lord spoke to Moses saying speak to the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering from everyone who gives it perseveringly with his heart you shall take my offering you see perseverance offerings in offering perseverance must be present in offerings if we bring our offerings this is correctly we don't have desire or thirst or strong desire to know God so that the truth can be uncovered who my father is what does this truth mean that i am pondering on then this is correct we have perseverance if this lacks if we mathematically count out 10%, because, well, we need to, then there is no perseverance. We need to search for Him and apply our perseverance. Exodus 35, 22. They came, both men and women, as many as had a persevering heart, and brought earrings and nose rings, rings and necklaces, all jewelry of gold, that is, every man who made an offering of gold to the Lord. In that time there was no money, and people brought their... Gold and their jewelry. From this, God created the temple. We must remember that the spiritual temple God will build out of our tithes because this is not just honoring God, but this is the building material which is going to build our spiritual dwelling and turn us into a spiritual house. That's why people that do not honor God with tithes and they don't understand that they must do this with perseverance and how to do this. It's impossible to build a spiritual temple in the sense. That it's impossible that the lord will live this live in them we need to build a spiritual temple so the lord can live in us and we in him second corinthians eight twelve. for if there is a persevering mind it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not have And second corinthians 9 1 through 2 now concerning the ministering of the saints it is superfluous for me to write to you for i know your perseverance about which i boast of you to the macedonians that Achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal has stirred up the majority I pondered upon this this was how much the Corinthians had to prepare generously and to awe the Apostle that he boasted of them because a man of God doesn't boast just because he boasts of the characteristics of God, he saw the character of God in the Christians, in the Disciples. And of course, this brought many to awe, because they saw this character trait of God. How people love their brethren, love the believers, react to help, and are hospitable. Without offering our tithes to the Lord, people can't bring their tithes to the Lord. The Lord accepts those who bring their tithes with perseverance. And Moses built a tabernacle, and then God came and lived in this tabernacle, and the people could come to the Lord. You see, this is out of those resources that Moses had built, and there God came, and people could pray and have a relationship with the Lord. The same thing God will do build this tabernacle in ourselves. When we all will gather, we will see and understand this tabernacle. But this tabernacle is going to be in each person. God wants those who bring according to perseverance to become his tabernacle. He who does not honor God with tithes and offerings cannot be the tabernacle of God ever. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Fourth, A perseverant prayer is a sacrifice of thanksgiving where a person with faith sees his deliverance from all trouble and thanks God for this. He sees by faith that he is going to be delivered from this illness, that he will be delivered from this dependency, he will be delivered from this weakness. He will see this with faith and to thank God for this. And this is called a perseverant prayer. Psalms 54, verses 5 through 6, David writes, I will perseveringly sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble, and my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. When did he write this? He wrote this Psalm when he was not yet delivered from these enemies, and when the enemies had persecuted him from all around, He was persecuted by Saul and other enemies, and he said, I will perseveringly sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good, for you have delivered me out of all trouble, and my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. When it is said, my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies, this is victory. When we can look at our enemies in the eye, the enemies run. This he saw by faith. Where was this faith obtained? pastor explained that it was taken or received from perseverance. He brought a really sacrifice, sacri- persevering sacrifice. But the persevering prayer includes the proper relationship to our assembly. And of course, we will turn to the Book of Ruth two two. So Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. And then when she had met with Boaz, he said my daughter let your eyes be always upon this field don't go from one field to another gather here on this field only then a person can receive blessing when he gathers so we need to find the field to enter this field and to gather in one field then he says be with my servant drink and eat with them to them he said leave her and he also gave to her They had worked for him, but gathered for themselves. We see how when she came to her relative, he had poured her many grain. He said, listen to this person, because this person is our person. All that he will say, he will do. As a result, we know that she became the wife of Boaz, and from this lineage came David, and from the lineage of David, of course, Christ. Hebrews 10.25 Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We can always bring joy to each other, and because this is the end days, pondering upon prayer, applying perseverance, then we'll talk about diligence and prayer. Cherish this. Value this, endure this suffering, and we can comfort one another with these words, with love. In order to hallow this place, hallow this word, and in our midst, we cherish this word and we value it. Scripture says, if someone has weakened or has doubt, or sometimes there's tiredness, to say it's all, it's okay. The word of God is living. In it is the energy of the Holy Spirit. Let's go and listen to the Word and be affirmed in the Word. A perseverant prayer includes the correct relationship to our assembly. Sixth, a perseverant prayer that includes the correct relationship to our offenders. How we ought to react when we are offended. Without the voluntary obedience to our masters of the flesh with fear and trembling like to Christ, this also is a fake and forged perseverance. Ephesians 6, 5-8, through 8, an interesting place of Scripture. Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Doing the will of God from the heart. Again, this here is mentioning perseverance knowing that each one will receive from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. All of us work at our jobs, and when we do our job from the soul with perseverance as to the Lord, then we always receive uh, the reward from God according to the level of our perseverance. If a person doesn't work persevering with the soul as to the Lord, then this is not perseverance. We need to gather all these components to work, to work with perseverance. This idea that I don't like my job, I hate my job, this must disappear and never be spoken from our lips. Because any job I can do, any work I can do with perseverance is to the Lord. The servants had to serve their masters as to the Lord and they had to serve. Why, when we have a relationship, in our case with our managers at work, we need to forgive because we might be offended and oftentimes they might incorrectly behave towards us. You must still forgive to not be offended Our heart must remain as a warrior of prayer matthew six fourteen 14-15 for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses this is the desire to please god How can we understand this? How can we fulfill this? And in order to please God, we need to forgive others so that we can give God the opportunity to be our supreme judge. So we do not... This is to not avenge for ourselves. We are called not to avenge for ourselves. We want this position to not avenge ourselves. We give God the opportunity to avenge because He is judge. And we then have the opportunity to not be offended. They may offend us, but we have the opportunity to not be offended. In doing this, we acknowledge him as supreme judge and God sees this. Hebrews twelve fourteen Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Our non partaking to sin is holiness. We don't have non partaking to sin, we won't be able to see God. Matthew 5 9 Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. A person that has perseverance, he is a peacemaker. He practices and creates a peace of God. He tries to bring peace to people and not to bring them to argument. He doesn't cast certain ideas so that someone can think negatively. If a person brings arguments upon upon people. He can't be a peacemaker. We don't always need to to save a person who he is in order for us to hold peace. Of course, if these are outside of the boundaries of holiness. 7. Perseverant prayer is a correct state of the heart before God that is expressed in the persevering diligence to lead a quiet life and do work with our own hands. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 10-12 But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your own hands, as we commanded you that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, and that you may lack nothing. A very important component. Those that are lazy and don't want to work, but want to live according to someone else's money, that is our the parasites of mankind, of which Apostle Paul said, he who does not work must should not eat. If you don't live, try not to eat. If you don't work, try not to eat. A person thinks, well, I have to eat, therefore I need to work. God is a worker. He's not lazy. That's why perseverance and laziness are totally different things. They stand in opposition of one another, and we must understand, this pastor says. Proverbs 4.23, Keep your heart with all diligence, For out of it spring the issues of life. We talked about the components, the component of the state of the human heart before God that is expressed in the persevering diligence to lead a quiet life and to work with our own hands. do not allow a thought in our heart to not work. We need to work. God is a worker. We must keep our heart. And then perseverance remains. We still have some time. We'll talk about diligence and prayer. In scripture the word diligent is attributed to prayer as a steadfast statute and urgent military order. And we should remember that each point about prayer is a urgent military order. We can't do this, not do that. This is a command. We ought to fulfill it. If you are a warrior prayer, then you are at service to the Lord, you are a soldier of the Lord. It's strange. People try to create order in life, but they don't ever want order for themselves. How to? They don't know how to apply this order. In the army, someone has asked, what is the structure in this army? Can every soldier come and do whatever they want? They'll say, no, of course not. What kind of army will this be? But when it talks about God's order, that there is also order in the church that we are warriors of prayer and that we must follow some kind of commandments and know them, learn them, to apply to ourselves. To not make it just a habit, but make it our essence, our life. And this is our goal for warrior prayer. And a person says, well, this is too difficult. I won't do it. When I was in Lithuania, And when I had just heard the teaching and people began to separate and one of the people who is no longer a brother, he said, this is way too difficult, this gospel is way too difficult, there's way too many points that pastor talks about. Well, how? There's order. This order must be present and it must be taught and learned. Despite the fact that diligence and perseverance ratify the truth of one another, and the nature of one another. In their nature, they have different properties and following one purpose. Expressed in the perfect will of God, they have different uses. Perseverance and diligence are not the same words. And we already know this, we'll repeat, we must know this. that In Scripture, perseverance and diligence are different. Diligence is the opposite of laziness. A in prayer, as we know, is a heartfelt devotion to God, expressing an unearthly love for God. This is perseverance. Whereas diligence in prayer is the effort that is born from perseverance. So, perseverance gives birth to diligence, or the fruit of perseverance that is expressed in prayer battle in which a person overcomes the resistance and obstacles that stand in the way of fulfilling the will of God. The same way that humility is the fruit of meekness, And the relationship between them is defined as a relationship between a mother and daughter and a father and son. And therefore, diligence in prayer is a kind of effort in which man uses all the powers and means that he has to reach his prayer goal that is established by God. And the root of the word diligence is found in contiguous, which means being extremely close to something. Therefore, we are referring to diligence and prayer. When we are referring to diligence and prayer, we are referring to being close to the will of God, in which a prayer, a warrior prayer battles within the limits of the perfect will of God. To better understand the meaning of the element of diligence in prayer, I would like to bring forth four points a pastor had mentioned to us that will help us see the characteristics of diligence in part. This is the definition of diligence, the price for getting diligence, keeping and developing diligence, and the fruit and reward of diligence. And a pastor had uh, really summarized this, and it will be great for us to be reminded of this in our memory. In Scripture, the definition of diligence expressed in a prayer battle where a person in working with God overcomes the obstacles that rise on the path to mastering his inheritance. This battle is well characterized in the prayer of Jacob in Bethel, where Jacob in his work with the angel of God overcame obstacles in the face of his brother Esau. Hosea chapter twelve, verse four. Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him. He found him in Bethel and there he spoke to us we have already noted that the core of this phrase means not a struggle with God but a struggle with death in which the angel of God helped Jacob or fought along with him furthermore the presence of diligence expressed in prayer battle we meet the son of God in the garden of Gethsemane Here he, with an angel that was sent to him by God, thanks to his diligence, overcomes fear of death, or rather fear of being apart from the Father, makes a decision to fulfill the perfect will of the Father. Luke 22, verses 42 through 44. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony. He prayed more diligently, more diligently, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. From these two examples, diligence and prayer is equivalent and comparable to the cost of all of our human efforts. Diligence and prayer is a prayer that uses the logical, willful, and emotional capabilities of man where his spirit, soul, and body are fully involved. According to the Academic Russian Dictionary, the term diligent means diligent, struggling, exerting, and expending all available efforts. Because of this, a prayer that contains the element of diligence is, first, the weapon that loosens the soil of our heart, which makes our heart good or makes soft soil, which is able to be fertilized with the seed of the Word of God. If someone has a thought why does a seed not fall on my heart we need to apply diligence second diligence and prayer becomes the weapon of our battle that is able to destroy any and all enemy strongholds and pastor says that hell is very scared of diligent prayer because diligent prayer overcomes any enemy diligent prayer overcomes any enemy third Diligence in prayer becomes the building material for making ourselves into the house of God or house of prayer. Fourth, diligence in prayer gives us the ability to make ourselves into an altar of the Lord. Fifth, diligence in prayer presents us to God in the format of a living sacrifice that is pleasing to God. Sixth, diligence in prayer gives us the ability to inherit the promise that is given to us in due time. And seventh, diligence in prayer gives us the ability to enter into the kingdom of heaven and join the forces of the next century or inherit the promise that lays on that side of time. Meaning to inherit the promise that lies the door of our hope. Luke sixteen sixteen. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. So pressing this uh, with perseverance, diligence. Diligence in prayer is the ability to withhold pressure and aggression the flesh the world and demons that try to incline us away from fulfilling the will of God. Diligence in prayer is pressure on the flesh, world and demons with the purpose of drawing them out from the limits of our calling that belongs to us but is in their control. And the first calling of our responsibility for each of us is expressed in the boundaries of the three substance of our human essence spirit soul and body any format of prayer that is lifted to god without the element of diligence cannot find favor in the eyes of god any prayer that is made without the element of diligence transforms our house from the house of prayer into a den of thieves a very important component without which our prayer cannot be elevated to god care cannot be spoken or Spoken to God. Because the lack of diligence or refusing to use our energy, the lack of diligence or refusing our energy to use our energy to be aggressive on our flesh, the world, and demons not only will not allow us to understand our inheritance, but it will also daily take away those parts of inheritance that we have already received as a gift of grace. How important this is to have diligence. And so we will turn to Scripture and look at what price we must pay so that we can gain the properties of diligence and prayer. The first price to gain diligence and prayer is related to suffering for the truth and is defined as the daily decision to drink from the wells of living water. Jeremiah two thirteen 13-19 For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of the living waters and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Your own wickedness will correct you, and your backslidings will rebuke you. Know therefore and see that it is an evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken the Lord your God, and the fear of me is not in you, says the Lord God of hosts. We must distinguish wickedness from diligence, or stiffness from diligence. The first comes from a proud heart, and the second comes from humility before God. So stiffness comes from a proud heart, and diligence from humility before God. A prayer that lacks diligence is the striking of broken wells that cannot contain water. A prayer that lacks diligence brings to the transformation of our mind into an idol. All idols are originated from deification, and only then they progress in appeal to the lower creation in relation to themselves. So first a person makes his mind a god, And then he begins to worship different things like mountains and flies, whatever they they can think of. To make an idol out of our mind is to decide to refuse to be diligent in prayer. So to stop fighting with sin and to say, oh, this is not mine, I can't do this. That's it, diligence is lost. And then you and time are transformed not into that which you desired in the Lord. So in order to make an idol out of our mind is to decide to refuse to be diligent in prayer for the fulfilling of the will of God and then our fate and the fate of our descendants will be sealed rejecting broken cisterns and the subject of human inferences and selecting the source of living water and the subject of submitting to the words that come from the mouth of God through his trusted messengers we make a deposit for gaining and cultivating the potential of diligence contained in our new essence There is a lot, a big portion of the price that we pay, purchasing it. Important for us to have diligence that is contained in our new essence. When we drink water out of broken cisterns, we suffer. However, these sufferings are a result of our pride and not the price of diligence. But when we drink out of the source of living water, we will also suffer, but this time for the truth. And to suffer for the truth is a price, in a good sense. We will pay a price. Because all of the powers of darkness will be turned against us in order to turn us to making our own cisterns. So, we try to implement our own understanding into the teaching. This was open to me this way, this is how I understand, and so forth. Be quiet. Perhaps you'll realize after some time that that which was opened to you or that which you thought was correct is incorrect. We shouldn't talk about what is open to us. We should talk about what is open to us through the preached word and to share this and to rejoice in this and to not accept any foreign thoughts in our thinking. These are cisterns holding no water. That which we'll think was interesting, which was open to us, which is not coincided with this format that is preached to us. They can't hold water there, because everything is empty there. And then these sufferings will be the price, things to which we will gain and demonstrate in our prayers the element of diligence, which is viewed as obedience. So diligence is obedience. Hebrews 8, 5, 8 9, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Diligence in prayer, which carries the cost of energy, becomes simply a necessary element that is able to not only stop the approaching of the enemy, but to bring him to panic and to bring him to run away. Why did I note at the beginning that we are kings and priests and that our character is transformed? However we may be quiet or or cowardly, courageous, we are still transformed into that image of a king and priest that fulfills the judgment of God. Not just to stop the enemy, but to destroy the enemy. As God states, He has already explained what the enemy is like, what enemies we are called to destroy and to hate, and to those that we are called to love. And when we fulfill judgment, we will need to understand that this will destroy the enemy. It doesn't matter who I was before. I am right now called to ratify the judgments of God. Now we will look at how do we keep and cultivate the element of diligence and prayer. Keeping and cultivating diligence and prayer is done in constant and disciplined, resistant to the powers of our uncrucified nature, lusts of this world and the things of darkness. Colossians 23 through 24 whatever you do do it diligently as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ having violated this decree we behave not according to righteousness and therefore demonstrate lawlessness so all that we do that is done non-diligently This is something that God does not accept, he does not like. He who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality, Colossians 3.25. As you can see, works that are done without diligence is viewed by Scripture as works of unrighteousness and lawlessness. Not as something that is done unright, but lawlessness. Uh, Lawlessness will never be accepted by God, because he's far from it. He will never be close to it. Because all that God does, he does with diligence. He himself does this with diligence. Therefore, diligence is first and foremost the property of God that outlines all of His works. Apostle Paul wrote about this to Titus, whom he called his son, just as he did Timothy. Titus 3, 7-8, that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Diligent to good works. What are good works? Good works are defined as diligent fulfillment of God's will. The means and power to fulfill this is diligent prayer. So everything is tied to this. We are called to fulfill the will of God. This is the good work. And we are called to have a diligent prayer, the property of a diligent prayer. Now we will turn to the reward and fruit that saints inherit thanks to the implementation of diligence in their prayers. The implementation of diligence in prayer is a feat of faith, the standard of example of which is Christ. The fruits and reward of diligence in prayer open the opportunity to unveil the supernatural ability to realize our calling and our inheritance in all spheres of our life, or rather, give God the right to respond to our prayers. And when I was preparing, and again, we'll talk about this later, pastor says that diligence we can practice naturally. It's not supernatural, it's naturally. We are called to use and apply all of our efforts and energy, and as we read, This uncovers the opportunity to receive a supernatural goal. We will end up in heaven supernaturally. Our bodies are going to be clothed supernaturally. But it is only through natural diligence. You see the reward that waits for us for this diligence. Because according to the norms of Scripture, a prayer that is brought without diligence will never be answered by God. True diligence and prayer gives God the right to answer this kind of prayer through a supernatural way. We use true diligence and God responds with a supernatural way. Acts 12, 5-7 Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. or or Diligently they prayed. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. The church had prayed for him diligently. They disciplined themselves. They, in this moment, didn't feel any kind of supernatural strength. This is the essence. You will not feel supernatural strength you will continue to discipline yourself standing on this using all your efforts and then God responds uh, supernaturally to this kind of diligence true diligence and prayer opens up in a person the supernatural ability to hear and see the Spirit of God this is wonderful true diligence and prayer gives a person in us the supernatural ability to hear and see the Spirit of God Isaiah 21, 6-10, For thus has the Lord said to me, Go, set a watchman, let him declare what he sees. And he saw a chariot with a pair of horsemen, a chariot of donkeys and a chariot of camels. and he listened earnestly or diligently with great care. He listened diligently with great care. Then he cried, A lion, my Lord, that which I have heard from the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have declared to you. If a person does not have diligence, he cannot hear, he cannot collaborate with Urim. Diligence is a part of Thumim that is found in him. True diligence in prayer gives a person the supernatural ability to rule over one's enemies. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. We see that the diligent will rule. We want to overcome our enemies. All of the unnecessary habits, we want to uproot all these habits that God doesn't like, we need diligence. We need to apply all of our effort and energy in prayer. True diligence in prayer gives a person the supernatural ability to rule in the temple of his body over all the powers of his soul. 1 Chronicles chapter 26, verses 6-8 through 8. Also to Shemaiah his sons were born who governed their fathers' houses because they were men of great diligence. This kind of army is necessary everywhere, in the church, at work, diligent people. Imagine, all of his sons were diligent, the father was diligent, all his sons were diligent. The kings, of course, took all uh, them to service. God needs diligent people. When we speak of God, we are talking not about feelings, but knowledge, because faith is information. Faith is from hearing the word of God. A person might not have... The emotions to do this. There might be a demonic attack and he doesn't feel anything. But in this time, moment, he is very close to God. The idea is this if we hear the word of God, God touches us. If we don't hear the word of God, God can't touch us or hasn't touched us. There is a war going on. We need diligence. This means that we need the uh, prince to be present, prepare our body to come and hear the word of God. And all of this is diligence what did christ feel when god had left him the father had left him it is written he had prayed diligently and his sweat was like drops of blood the angel came strengthened him in his battle so the supernatural power so the angel used this supernatural power because he had diligent prayer there was true diligence diligence with which he prayed he was in the flesh he was in the body this was not a prayer that was supernatural it was true diligence natural True diligence of prayer gives a person the supernatural ability to saturate one's good desires. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Proverbs 13, 4. This is a proverb, and here we are talking not about ordinary uh, food, but the promise that is imperishable, that we receive through diligence. Sometimes there are many things that get in the way of us coming to service, but we diligently prepare our body, we wash it, clothe it, prepare ourselves internally, and in doing so, we come to service, sometimes overcoming obstacles, applying our effort, energy, and sometimes even money that we could have earned. He said this regarding businessmen and Christians who have dedicated themselves, they have dedicated this time, they have, they have played, placed this time on a schedule, and they are busy in that time. And even someone has said, we have only this time, you refuse. And of course, this is strange to the world, this is strange to carnal people, even those people that have not dedicated themselves in this way, but we are diligent, we know that we have God, and we know that His Word is valuable and more precious than all that we can earn or win or have better vacations. The Word of God has everything. If the energy of the Holy Spirit is in the Word of God, then in the Word of God I can be fed, I can be comforted, and can find rest and can gain this valuable that is going to be eternally valuable. And as Pastor says, of course, over these people, uh, sometimes they are mocked, even those close to them, because people that have not dedicated themselves, their flesh is in first place. What the flesh desires, uh, they serve. But here we need to set aside the flesh still everything soon is going to burn and as pastor reminds us god gives us a reward that we oftentimes lose materially to gain what is spiritual god sees the price we pay therefore here it is said that the soul will inherit what is through diligence true diligence and prayer gives a person the supernatural ability to grow incorruptible riches he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Proverbs 10, 4. Makes rich, we remember, David and other prophets call themselves poor, yet having great riches. Because David had always a need of the riches of God. He said, your word is sweeter than honey. He always spoke of this. He sought this word. In the night he pondered upon it. He got up. He found time for it. And then... The hand of the diligent makes rich. This means to do this within the boundaries of Scripture, to pray according to Scripture, to take prayer words which Pastor has taught us, so that our prayer can coincide with the property of a worshipper. True diligence in prayer gives a person the supernatural ability to have precious possessions. Proverbs twelve twenty seven. The lazy man does not roast when he what he took in hunting, but diligence in man's precious possession. Here it talks about the ability to catch this prey, to roast it. The lazy man, he does not yet pray, not roasted. This is what we're talking about, the hunt. And it says that we are called to catch this. We can't receive food and other services. We ought to hunt and to constantly hunt to catch the prey the truth of god revelation it doesn't depend on our understanding it comes as holy as it is and we ought to catch it and we ought to also roast it and this is seen well in the example of john he lived in the wilderness we are called to always strive to catch this and to begin to roast it which means to ponder upon it, ponder upon the word of God. When we ponder over the word that we have heard, a person who does not ponder, he can't prepare anything for himself. It's constantly going to be hungry, he's going to dream about this food, how good it would be, how well it would be, how what a revelation others speak of, but I don't have it. Ponder upon the word. Lord, what does this word mean for me? You're speaking this truth. What did you mean? What does this mean? And we begin to roast this food that we receive. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, meaning he caught it, he caught these truths, but he doesn't roast them, meaning he doesn't ponder upon them. We can ponder over the word that we don't understand. If we understand it, then we don't need to ponder upon it. We go and do. We are obedient. We fulfill it. We ponder upon what the Lord wanted to say. We use our energy to constantly think about this. These expended efforts, energy. This is done throughout our life, and this is valuable to God, and He rewards us supernaturally. But diligence in man's precious is man precious possession. When we diligently catch this food and roast it meaning we ponder upon it and then the lord will uncover for us the prized precious possession that is contained in this word as we apply diligence and perseverance And if you remember god immediately answers when he sees these properties in our prayer but if these properties are not there he perhaps would want to answer us perhaps would want to send send an answer but he won't answer True diligence in prayer gives a person the supernatural ability to do everything in the right time. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. True diligence is also long-suffering. Someone who is diligent, he knows that God will respond in prayer. He knows that he must wait. If God has promised, He will fulfill it. He will answer because through our patience we show that we have trust if you are lost your trust you ought to trust in the word and then you will be able to wait as long as necessary if god has spoken if the promise says of this and i'm in the right place i'm in the right position and there's no sin between me and god i will wait for it and i know God has promised, and therefore we demonstrate our trust. Ecclesiastes 8, 5-6 He who keeps this command will experience nothing harmful, and a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment, because for every matter there is a time and judgment, though the misery of man increases greatly. It's important to know that when the promise slows or tarries, that God has sent it, that is, it is on the way. But it is possible that someone has slowed it, and we ought to diligent pray to learn about this. Sometimes the Lord has already sent you an answer, and if there is no diligence, you won't receive it. You see how important it is. We pray what the will of God is, and we proclaim what God wants. And when we proclaim this, we also must trust and understand that that which we pray about, the Lord responds, and the answer is already along the way. We need to continue to pray until that the one who comes will come to us, because your diligence is a weapon. And Pastor talked about angels, that the power of angels are our diligent prayer. The the army of the angels fights through our diligence. And I see that our time has come to an end. We will thank the Lord for this word, for this privilege, for this mercy, for these riches that we have, that the Lord has uncovered for us through our pastor. And we can rejoice, we can be affirmed in this, and therefore we will pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege in the name of Jesus Christ to be in this place. We thank you that you have prepared this place for fellowship with you we thank you that you give us the right to set aside the former way of life to clothe our bodies in a new way of life we thank you that you uncover the conditions through the preached word on the basis of which we are called to give you the right to interfere with your mercy to our life we thank you that you hear us for the remembrance of the old in all your works because you live in these remembrances. We thank you that you have revealed to us how you live in us when we ponder upon your works. We thank you that you have uncovered for us the principle that keeping in our heart the remembrance of your works made by you in the days of the old, we blot out the remembrance of the works of man and the information passed along to us from the vain life of our forefathers. We thank you that we are redeemed from the vain life of our forefathers, that this does not belong to us, that that which happened with them and that which was cursed from the days of Adam no longer belong to us. We are redeemed. We are kept in You. And we thank You. They you have uncovered for us what the respite of judgment is on the high priest that contains Thumim and Urim, through which You can hear us, and we can hear You. We thank You that You have uncovered what continuity in prayer is, that we are able to be vigilant on the... The doors of our heart and this protects us from calamity that will come across the world we thank you for the means of the 12 precious stones the breastplate of judgment continual prayer we thank you for the gold that you have shown us and the 12 foundations of the walls of new jerusalem this perfection we thank you for the price of the 12 pearly gates that you have uncovered which are enduring trials with you and we do not fear and we thank you for this opportunity to pay this price We thank you for the result and the reward for the Tree of Life offering fruit. We thank you that you uncover for us this clear system that will allow us to understand what prayer is, what is a warrior prayer, how we ought to be before you, so that you can rejoice and be comforted in your heart. We thank you. That this perseverance, the strong desire to find you, to know you, to understand you, we thank you, Lord. That you give us the opportunity to bring a sacrifice with our prince. That we can perseveringly listening to your to the voice of our apostle, apostle Arkadi. We thank you that we are able to bring offerings and that these are clothed in the format of tithes and they've uncovered for us that we ourselves are your tithes, and we can hallow you, that this is the building material with which we can build a house for you, spiritual dwelling. We thank you that we can see our deliverance from all enemies, because we can bring thanksgiving to you. We thank you for correct relations in the Church and with the Church, we thank you for correct relations with our offenders that we are able and have the ability and you have covered for us how to keep our heart. We thank you for the correct state of our heart before you that we will perseveringly strive to live quietly and to work with our own hands. We thank you for perseverance in prayer, for diligence in prayer also, applying all of our efforts and all of our energy. We thank you for this, that we are able to achieve your goals which you have uncovered for us. We thank you that you help in prayer battle to overcome all obstacles that come up on our path to taking our inheritance. We thank you that you allow us to suffer for the truth daily and to drink of the living water. We thank you that you help us continually and with discipline to resist and to fight with our uncrucified soul, with devil, with demons with all of the obstacles and all the powers of darkness and to overcome them according to your mercy. We thank you for our true diligence and prayer that uncovers the opportunity to uncover the supernatural ability to realize our calling in all spheres of our life. And we give you the opportunity to answer our prayer. We thank you for this greatness, for this mercy that you have allowed for us. We also pray, Lord, Lord, about our pastor may his body be healed because we desire we have perseverance we wait lord for us to be able to hear from his lips those revelations they have placed in his heart so that we can affirm our salvation and be worthy and to be standing before your glory we also pray for every holy one who is struggling with illness may his body be healed because This is the place that heals us, our bodies. And those that were left at home, let them also, let this word also touch them. May they be healed according to our prayer, because we pray for one another, we love one another. You have taught us this. We thank you for this atmosphere in which we wait for you, are strengthened by you, are comforted, are healed. We thank you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father Manifestationally now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory and unblemished joy. To God our Saviour, alone is wise, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.